0: Hello and welcome to episode nine of Rank Up, a fortnightly on-page SEO podcast where we talk about technical SEO, content optimization, search engine news, and much more. I am one of your hosts, Ben Gary, and I am joined once again by regular co-host Ed Wilson. How are you doing today, Ed?
1: Yeah, good. Thanks, Ben. Um, actually, in the office today, so uh, I've been coming in uh, a few days a week now, which has been <laughs> exciting and yeah, yeah just, uh, excited to another one i think another exciting podcast coming up i know um with this one that we're going to be touching on a lot of topics that we you know i think are quite new to well new to the industry um yeah. and yeah it should be a lot of good discussion
0: yeah i think this episode will be a bit of a, a google review almost quite a lot of different yeah. google features coming up which is it's going to be nice um as google dictates almost everything that we do um and we are also joined this month by special guest ian Humphreys. how are you doing ian i'm great thank you ben uh, Pleased to be here yeah excited to be on your first podcast appearance yeah i am actually it's going to be quite an interesting experience it's awesome, awesome. Well, I have to say um, for the listeners, Ian is one of the most prepared guests I've seen on the podcast. So I appreciate the effort that you've already put in, despite the short notice preparation time that we gave you for it. (laughs) Yeah, it's always good to be prepared. Well, we will start with a quick intro for you then, Ian, uh, just so people can know who you are uh, and what you're about on this podcast. Um, so we'll I mean we're going to go more into your sort of career a bit and some of your uh, specialisms in the next episode okay um, but for now do you just want to give us a, a quick intro to your job role uh maybe kind of what you do day to day that sort of thing
2: yeah of course so I'm an SEO strategist here at Impression uh, I provide SEO strategies and solutions uh, for many different clients of ours I'm mainly either specializing in sort of like technical SEO sort of side of things, uh, looking at on-page site migrations, which we're going through into the main segment, but on an ongoing basis, either in charge of the team that helps support, deliver
0: the tasks uh, and also the account management of the client. Yeah, excellent. Well, we're looking forward to hearing more from you on site migrations, as you mentioned. Uh, I know that's a pretty massive topic that we haven't covered on the podcast at all, as far as I know. Uh, and I think it's one that's going to be really helpful to pretty much all of our listeners who are involved in SEO in any way, uh, as it's something we all face at some point. <laughs> um, but for this episode, this is going to be our top stories episode. Uh, and we've all picked three topics or stories that we found interesting over, over the last month or so. I have to say, these these all these topics that we've got today kind of um, span various different things all to do with Google. Uh, And it's going to be quite a good overview, I think, of some of the trends in Google that maybe it'd be helpful for SEOs to know about now, Uh, some of the things that we can look forward to or or hopefully look forward to coming into effect over the next few months, Uh, as well as Ed's got a pretty interesting look back over the last few years as well. Um, So I'm I'm going to get started uh, with my my article slash, I suppose, more of an update. Um, which is something that kind of broke on Twitter uh, a few days ago. I know one of our team members posted it in our chat. Um, so I've got a couple of tweets for that and then a bit of a, a Google update around it as well. Uh, and the topic itself is uh, comes from Marie Haynes, uh, who's a, a very well-known voice on SEO Twitter uh, and is always sharing some really insightful uh, updates and insights. Um, but speaking of insights... It is uh, the Search Console Insights update or addition, I suppose you could call it, a new feature coming from Search Console uh, at some point in the near future. Uh, But for now, it looks like it's in beta testing. Uh, And in this tweet from Marie Haynes, which is linked in the show notes, um, she shows a few screenshots from this new tool, which one of her clients has managed to gain access to. Uh, And I thought I would just do a quick summary of the features that we can see now and what Google said about it. And then uh, Ed and Ian will get your thoughts on um, how useful you think this will be uh, and what its applications might be in the future. Um, So first and foremost, something that Ian noticed when we were chatting about this beforehand is um, the format that we can see now looks kind of like the Google My Business updates that we get currently. Uh, it's hard to see how this would actually integrate with the existing search console UI um, because it looks more like the kind of knowledge cards that you get in those email updates uh, quite you know mobile friendly in its presentation Uh, but we can see that there are updates on your new content so it's got from the past 28 days it shows you your uh, top content pieces and the search queries that were associated with them uh, the views on them and what looks like the average time uh, spent on those pages as well mm-hmm. um, then there's also uh, traffic channel information so it will show you again um, breakdown of your different channels uh, the number of views the time that those channels uh, or users from those channels have spent on your pages uh, and interestingly it also specifically has a social media section uh, the screenshot from marie shows uh, youtube facebook and reddit stats Um, with again that page views and page view duration data, which looks like the standard insight that they're giving. Um, And then scrolling down, there's also more information on referring links as well. So you can see top referring links and newest referring links. And once again, you can see a bit of user data from those referrals. So it sounds like, um, and Google in their update confirmed this, that there's a combination of Search Console and Analytics data being involved here. So mm-hmm. presumably, you would only be able to access this data uh, if if your account has access to both. I don't know if that's true, but that seems like a reasonable assumption. Yeah. Um, sorry, did you want to jump in there, Ed?
3: No, 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 no I was just uh, saying,
0: <laughs> agree. Cool, thank you. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, there's an article from Google that's just there sort of about um, for the beta at the moment, and I suppose their teaser for the tool, um, which again, we'll link in the show notes. Uh, their strap line for it is provide content creators with the data that they need to make informed decisions and improve their content. Um, and one of the questions that I saw on Marie's tweets was what, what is a content creator for the purposes of this? And Marie pointed out that her screenshots actually came from just an e-commerce site with a blog. So it seems like their definition of content creator is as broad as we would want it to be, I think, Mm -hmm. within SEO, rather than it just being publications. Um, And then uh, the insights that they pull out are uh, they want search console to be able to help you identify best performing content, see how new content is performing, see how people are discovering your content to see top and trending queries um and to look at what's going on with other sites linking to yours um and then they just give a bit more information about the beta saying that um it's only available to you if you've received an official email um i don't think any of us i don't think anyone at impression has seen an email i don't know if you guys have seen anything about this nothing yet no No. So it's clearly just a fairly small group at the moment, um, presumably will be expanded in the future. Um, And there's no information about how long it's going to take for this to be public access either. Um, But they say that when you do get access to it, you'll be able to um, find it via the email they send you um, via just searching for Search Console Insights on Google. And from accessing it from uh, the search console in search results feature. Oh, when search console pops up when you do a query. Um, I don't know if it says you can actually access it from the search console UI. So it may be a separate feature. I'm not 100% sure on that. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's quite a lot going on at the moment. I mean, first impressions for you guys, Ed and Ian. Um, yeah. What do you think about it? You think it it looks useful, or is it just going to be
1: more email notifications that we end up ignoring? I think one of my first thoughts one of, of it was that I was I'm pleased that they what seem to be investing more in the referring links because um, I think that's yeah. been historically pretty bad from in Google Search Console, and I think that's probably an effort from Google never wanting people to focus on links, but it's it's yeah. good that they're actually giving more data views within this area. I'm not sure if they're to invest in more how they report on links within this area because i don't think they'll ever want people to um proactively build links <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think it's good to, that they're reporting that and i think also for um maybe uh, companies with smaller budgets for seo they've historically had to invest in tools such as like ahfs majestic or Semrush to understand their like full uh, link graph whereas i think this will help um smaller smaller budgets within seo because they'll be able to get that data hopefully a, a lot more yeah be able to access that data a lot quicker um yeah. and more up to date so i think that's positive but i think that's maybe um the data that this is showing now is probably again probably assisting um you, as you said more content creators because i think a lot of this data that we can see now is stuff that we'd be able to obtain anyway we just do it in different tools or different yeah. or different databases or anything like that so Um, I think it's good to see, Um, I'm always wanting more because I think ever since like Google, all those years ago um, uh, with the not provided they've, in recent years, the the amount of information that they're displaying in search console is welcomed and I think they're still a bit behind but I think I'd welcome any changes around the visibility of that and it's good to see that they're actually looking to give more information to people on websites how they perform in organic search, even though we come and see like the paid listing. So we know that, you know, organic search is a, what makes Google successful and why people yeah. refer to it on an ongoing basis. So it's yeah. good that actually they recognize that they actually need to give the information towards website owners or businesses to understand how they perform in search and how they yeah. can improve it. So um, from my perspective, I think from like, um, I think SEOs will probably continue to refer to data sets that we currently do at the moment, but I think this is, yeah, as it says, I think from a content perspective, at least we can say to our clients or maybe that are more focused. If you did want to see more of an accessible data view of how your content's performing or if it's Mm. gaining links, then this is a great way to access it. Uh, And that's probably my opinion. I think, like I said, hopefully there's going to be a lot more around this, um, but I don't think I'll be... Jump into it ahead of other tools that we use for like reporting on, um, looking at links and things like that. As yeah.
3: Well.
0: Fair enough. How
2: about so, you, Ian? I think it gives a good sort of entry level analysis mm. in terms of your content and also your performance. I think. Um, a lot of sort of uh, clients we deal with these days, though, typically would know how to find a lot of this information already, using like mm. analytics and search console already. Yeah. Um, but it still, it still gives a good top level overview of everything. One of the yeah. interesting things that I thought about their release of the beta is they say that the it's actually powered by both search console and analytics. Yeah. So, normally search console is notorious for reporting different metrics to yeah. <laughs> so to have them both pulling together is going to give some um, some interesting readings <laughs> hopefully yeah. it will be a bit more in sync uh with the update as well otherwise this kind of section of the report will contradict something else within search console so we'll have to see yeah. how
0: that kind of plays out um but it's very interesting yeah yeah Just from looking at the language they've used, my suspicion is that the page view and duration data will both come from analytics just because they're using the same names for the metrics as we already have. Um, But then I can see here, there's like a a search console, I think that's a search console graph as well, like above that. So uh, you're right, when you can see the, the click data in search console and the view data here, probably side by side, that's going to be quite an interesting test because yeah. uh, we know they can often be out, you know, fairly significantly sometimes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely.
2: Definitely. And I think um, probably one of the reasons why we've yet to see this yet is probably because normally betas are normally um, released to the American audience first. Yeah. So, um, I reckon it would be something that we potentially see in a boxes over the coming months, depending on how well the beta goes to the US market. I guess.
0: Yeah. I think one final thing that I find interesting with it as well is um, how they're picking out the content. Because, as Marie said in her tweet, um, they they're just it's an e-commerce site, so clearly for it to be effective and to do what Google says it's going to do, they must have quite a good way to differentiate between um, the actual sort of more informational content on the site and just the product pages. Because presumably, this isn't just giving you sort of product insights and stuff. And it doesn't look like it is based on what she's posted. Um, so that would be quite interesting. And it'd be it'd be interesting to know how they're doing that, whether they're going based on site hierarchy or whether there's other signals that they're using.
3: Mm,
2: yeah, potentially. Uh, looking at maybe like a feed or something. that sort Yeah. Of like gives them the signal that there's going to be regular content.
0: Yeah. And I wonder if it will be consistent across every site, whether they'll do it better on some than others, um, again, depending probably on how the site's set up, I don't know. Um, but nevertheless, an interesting looking tool, I think one that probably a fair few clients will find valuable as well as SEOs. Um, so as, as we've said, nice to see Google taking more steps with search console and trying to make it even more useful. Um, and now speaking of uh google taking steps and updating things in a seamless segue um ed you have uh what what looks to me like a really a really interesting article to talk through so do you want to go for
1: that now
3: yeah definitely so
1: um yeah i've I've kind of looked to bring to table will critchlow's um recent post on moz um, and it's titled "15 Years." It's a long time in SEO. So, um, I basically the summary of the article I think is well, it's breaking down kind of the big big errors in Google since since he's been working it. So um 15 years ago i think i'm about just over 10 years so i relate to a lot of the, the things that he kind of highlights as kind of big defining moments within google but i think it's also quite interesting i guess everyone um maybe new to seo to especially look maybe look into these certain things because i think some of these are quite relevant and it's also a good understanding um of how it's got to that point but also it it gives you i think a good understanding of how you know search engines effectively do work and what they still focus on um, but in the article it kind of tries to define the kind of big areas in search so um the first ones that is kind of um listed here is kind of the, the first one being kind of keywords so the basic information retrieval um, but then people realize that they could manipulate this with like keyword stuffing hidden text um, the next one being kind of a link so um they uh, what they started to see around that was um user created directory and they understood that they could manipulate link graphs in order to rank well um but then um when google noticed that people were doing this they started to bring in link-based algorithms and i think that's something that i was the first thing that that kind of I saw it as a big thing within Google, um, and that was the introduction uh, of Penguin. Um, and then alongside that, a few years later with the content, people started to focus more on long-tail um, you know, keyword targeting. But again, then, then people started to manipulate that. So it was a case of there was a lot of thin content or low-quality content being produced and, and ranking well. And therefore, Google put a, a lot more evidence um, over the years with Panda, but then also most recently, with um, hummingbird and more machine learning practices Mm. to understand and assess quality. Um, um, And then most recently, the introduction of machine learning that's been going on with SEO, well, most algorithms in recent years. Um, It was, you know, an interesting article. It breaks down into kind of the machine learning um, algorithms that have been um, released most recently. Uh, and I think he poses a good question as well towards the end of what he feels, what well, asks the kind of audience of what they feel like the big defining moments within uh, their kind of um, recent years within SEO. So I think it touches upon a lot of uh, kind of big announcements, well, what big. Um, yeah big areas for Google uh, as a search engine but it also goes into kind of Google's foundational technology there so he links to three PDFs which I think uh, if you do have the time well well worth a read um, I wouldn't say dedicate or reading all of them but I think if you are interested then I think it's well worth uh, looking into them because as mentioned I think some are relevant today so um, I think it's an interesting article that goes over the past 15 years in terms of the, the big moments but uh, I think what we could do now is maybe define big moments within our careers, what what we've yeah. seen from Google. Um I, I guess I'll kick it off. I think for me, um I like I said, I think I was in year one or year two of my career when the when the uh, penguin algorithm went live. So that was the link based algorithm. So that was kind of a huge area for me because that was something that I knew um i know we never kind of were taught not to chase the algorithm but it was understanding that you know seo needs to be done um in a specific way um and then also the the pandera as well so i'd like to kind of group them two up as like the the biggest thing because i think that they were within the first five years of my uh seo career so i'd say they were the biggest things of me yeah. uh, for me in terms of like manipulating google um in oh. terms of producing thin <laughs> content or uh, low quality content, and also try to build links for the sake of um, search engines as well. So um, they're kind of the big defining uh, areas for me. On on
0: those Ed, um, mm. I think we may we may have touched on this a bit in when we had Sean on as a guest as well, and we're looking at sort of the way SEO has evolved. But was it the case that those updates had? Yeah, like an, an instant impact on how you did SEO like did you noticeably change the way you approached your strategies after those?
1: Yeah because I think back then I the way I was brought into SEO was that I was purely doing it for a, a robot um, yes. so it wasn't the case that I produced content on the basis that a robot would be able to understand it and be able to um and the way i targeted it was purely that i knew that a search engine would be able to understand i know like you still have to have an understanding of the point, um that for like say for example keywords in there uh, h1 and making sure that you t- do the targeting correctly um but i think it was more a case that we produced yeah the seo was done for robots rather than yeah. for humans as well um so i think those two essentially changed the way i well, in the first two years, especially um, the way I saw SEO. And also at the times when those algorithms went live, I was kind of scared for my job at the time because the website that I was working on just completely crashed out. Um, So it taught me a lot of things. And yeah, I think, uh, like I said, I think it was huge, especially on, because I think I'd I'd say most uh, SEOs that were working in those times were probably one of the biggest uh, moments within their SEO careers. So it was quite interesting time to be in, but also, Taught me a lot about
0: SEO as well. So yeah. I wonder. I mean, you, maybe you guys can both correct me if I'm wrong on this because this happened before mm. I joined. Before I joined impression. Before I was in SEO. But I wonder if it was changes like this that made the industry more accessible to someone like me, who came from a more creative background. I you know, did English at uni and didn't have any real experience working in in tech in any capacity before before coming into SEO. But because of these updates, I was able to focus on creative elements, language, writing—you uh, know—a very content-heavy approach to SEO that I still have now. Um, but you know, I don't know if that would have been as valuable before these updates came in, because you could get away with kind of you know tailoring it just to what you knew a robot would need. Um, yeah. So I don't. Know, do Do you think that was a change, sort of, for yeah. the personnel of the industry as well?
3: I think, I think so. so
2: um i think accessible might be the wrong set of words maybe more maybe more appealing to a wider audience yeah um might be yeah, a number okay. of words just because like back in the day when we used to do these kind of like spammy tactics to get to the top of the search engine it's all about like buying emds like is that match domains like yeah more density and stuff and it's very, like ed said it's very robot focus whereas now it's, like it's all about creating something that's going to make a difference, right? It's creating something yeah. special that stands out from competition, is recognised and rewarded. So I think the creative element um, is definitely a, a lot more appealing to a different set of people. Yes, yeah. You don't have to purely have a technical focus anymore. You can gain the search engine by being
1: creative, yeah. sort of like skill set, I'd say. I'd also say, yeah. Ben, in answer to your question, I think yes. Like the introduction of uh, pandora and that would have catered more towards the introduction of uh, more like content specialists and the requirement for yeah. them. But also, what I say in recent years, it was still quite a while ago, but like Hummingbird, so like more a case of yeah. that. Um, but I think that's the way that society is like adapted to search engines, so they're more asking questions within search engines rather than referring to like single keywords or like single, uh, not single, uh, like phrases that we would typically identify as like the keywords to go after, the more of the case that people are more asking questions within um, search engines and that the long tail is kind of rising. I think that's probably catered towards content specialists um, most recently as well, because I know um, there's so many content uh, content websites when in search today we think of like Healthline, uh, Wirecutter, yeah. wire um nerd wallet and things like that these kind of real big uh, websites that uh, that specialize in like super in-depth guides that you know perform really well um that's yeah. the they're the kind of websites that have benefited from the well have been created to following the algorithms that have been launched in the past 10 years that have more you know content requirements i guess
0: Yeah, I mean, I've noticed that even when, whether it's through a PR opportunity that we've had an impression or whether it's been something that I've done outside of work, if I've been writing for a website, even if it's just kind of creating a standard article with just maybe the content manager, there will be some kind of requirement in the article to kind of include basic keywords and kind of include basic SEO best practices because there's this recognition that... um, SEO is important for content creation more widely and it's kind of I guess become more more hand in hand with that rather than being a separate
1: thing that only certain people knew about mm. yeah definitely in terms of kind of defining moments within your your both your creators then I guess in first um, yeah. what do you feel like is the biggest um, the biggest thing that's that like Google have implemented that for uh, impacted you um, I think
2: updates as you said um mm. well, big factor right really the of like penguin um mm. Panda, even back in the day when we were talking about things like venice um everything like that regarding like the local mm. sort of market i think they've all made real big differences i think how google's kind of evolved is quite an interesting story um specifically how they announced their updates these days so everything's yeah, kind of mean. like labeled as this core algorithm update there isn't really um too much indication in terms of which area people should focus on, they should focus on as a whole creating a good experience for the users. Um, Whereas back, really back um, a few years ago, it was all about, right, Pandas come out, we need to focus on content. Penguins come out, we need to focus on links. Um, So that kind of involvement in the industry is kind of like had a big change on how SEOs look at things. Uh, yeah. and they're looking at like the wider picture now rather than yeah. individual specifics like if there was an update targeting exact match domains everyone would just like buy a phrase match domain or something yeah, yeah. that's like, a good I point think, actually yeah. yeah so i think how the search engines evolved is quite something that's yeah. kind of impact yeah. Yeah. how we do seo yeah. or myself I've-
1: uh yeah I, I completely agree with that i guess the only thing that's been really targeted over the past few years has been kind of the mobile first um cool. update that's but yeah i agree there's been so many core updates where there's a lot of people that would have their own takes on you know what they feel has been like targeted or ultimately we have probably have to have an understanding that it's um it's kind of focusing on pretty much everything that we can consider would you know google would focus on a website Whether that be content links or anything else so yeah i think mm. that broad core in terms of like um ben i guess it'd be good to hear from you because i know um especially in recently is there's loads of these core algorithm yeah. updates that might be quite a bit harder to define what so what do you feel is yeah your
3: big one?
0: well yeah i suppose just to to mention the mobile first update as you mentioned there that's that's the one that stands out as like a big named update during my mm. career um I guess sort of the the panda or penguin equivalent for my time in SEO although I have to say I don't remember it impacting the way I worked in the same way um, I think the only shift was more I think we just you know noticed more web mobile sites being built or mobile um, functionality being built into existing websites because there was a period where like when we were pitching to a clients we would whether they had a mobile site or not or a mobile friendly site would be sort of um kind of a major point and we would be in a fair amount of pitches i remember several where there just wouldn't be a mobile version of their site whereas now that's a lot rarer yeah. um although it does still exist every now and then yeah. um but yeah i wouldn't say that while it's it's a mal- it's, it feels like a historic change for mm-hmm. google it's less of a milestone for me i think the ones that have had most of an impact on my career it's not so much a single moment, although maybe it started with Hummingbird, which I think was in the same year that I started SEO. Yeah. Um, but it's really just about um, the growing intelligence of search results or kind of yeah. Google's intelligence at understanding queries, because I think the over my four years in SEO, it, there's been a growing recognition of how Google understands search, and Google's been making increasing changes over that time. So I remember kind of some of the earlier, I like writing, I think one of my earlier blogs at Impression was writing about how search queries could change with context. So mm-hmm. I remember doing, um, it was me and Charlie Norledge, I think we did some screenshots of um, different kind of search queries, but we did it from an industry that I was working in with a client, whereas Charlie had never really made any searches in this industry, I think it was mm-hmm. like office interiors or something. And then we were just noting like the different results that would appear and how I would be seeing sites ranking a lot higher if I'd clicked on them before, whereas Charlie was seeing, I suppose, a more generic um, search yeah. result. Yeah. So that I, I remember that being quite big, um, and that kind of going hand in hand with all of these various core updates that you've mentioned. I think uh, the rise in various SERP features. Um, Ed, awesome. I remember. I think it was it was you did. Um, Probably one of the first big strategies I remember around featured snippets.
3: Yeah, um, that was with your
0: underfloor uh, heating stuff. Yeah, I think that was the.
1: I I think luckily I managed to cotton onto that really quickly. Where yeah. it felt like featured snippets were quite easy to acquire back then. Um, yeah. So that yeah, you kind of forgot about that. I think that was kind of huge at the time because I yeah. remember at the time it just felt like featured snippets got introduced. It would everything was up for grabs and then Google noticed that those people just was gaining loads of like huge click-through rates and then they just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. started hard to take them
0: there. Yeah, but like since then, every sort of content optimization document we've done, every time we sent recommendations to a client, if, it, if there is in any way some kind of informational tie-in and there might be a featured snippet now, we've included those sort of requirements or recommendations that are more designed to target that snippet uh, and kind of being more aware of what opportunity that presents. Yeah, um, and, and yeah, I maybe think, oh, sorry gone.
1: I was going to say with those. I know it's going into more of a broader topic here, but we all uh, we love to complain about Google, but I think with feature snippets, it does kind of like when we we say that it's not influenced by kind of the authority of backlinks, but the the, the, the website that basically answers the query best. And I know like mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of debate around like kind of no click search, but it is kind of saying produce the best content and actually mm. give the user what they want and therefore you will get that placement which i think isn't a bad thing
0: yeah and i think we've seen enough evidence with starting from that strategy of yours that i mentioned and i think repeated plenty of times since then that having the snippet is a real bonus like yeah. you, if, if a snippet is there you want it there's not really a situation where you wouldn't go for it yeah definitely whereas i think yeah like you said there has been some skepticism around whether it's just contributing to no click searches but it might be worse for the sites that don't have the snippet but if you've got the snippet it's definitely uh, definitely a bonus yeah um, so yeah i think i think that's the main thing for me cool um, yeah should we, go to, should we go to ian's final final article for the day which is really i guess one of uh, the next kind of evolution for google and another new thing that we're going to see in the next few months
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, So I wanted to talk more a bit about the loop and form regarding Core Web Vitals. So I know this is quite like a technical subject really. However, I feel like it has quite a few relations and shared goals with on-page. So the whole new Core Web Vitals report from Google is all about really fixing poor user experiences on site. So Mm -hmm. it has the whole usability element of focusing on the page and how the users interact with the page. And um, this kind of like encompasses both like page speed and on page usability. So, with the release of this new kind of report from Google, there are a number of like new metrics included in PageSpeed Insights reports, such as like largest contentful paint, which is like mm. the, the render and paint of the largest image of the website. Um, and then, more interestingly, what I really like to touch upon a lot today is the cumulative layout shift. So, yeah. So with cumulative cumulative layout, <laughs> they don't make it easy for <laughs> it's kind of like a web performance metric. So it measures the significance of unexpected layout shifts on the page. So to give an example for the audience, um, if you went to a common like streaming web uh, video platform and the video loads on the page and you go to click it, but as you click it, the shift of the page loads something, uh, an element or a resource or an ad potentially above the video as you go to click. It then pushes the video down and you then click on the ad. So Mm -hmm. that is gonna then give you a poor user experience. You've clicked on something that you did not previously want to click on. You may have ended up somewhere else and you probably made that streaming platform a bit of money. But overall, it's like a poor poor user experience, right? So Mm -hmm. this is kind of like, really measured by google by two key questions that they ask themselves like how much of the viewport or the screen or the elements of the page did sh- the shift effects so if that ad if that ad um, did load in and really shoved the video further down the page how mm-hmm. much effect did that have um, and how far did these elements actually move um, since the shift like was it quite drastic and then essentially google would come up with a scoring metric to sort of grade this and mm. kind of like the two articles that i've picked out today to go into that really describe cumulative layout shift in a bit more detail and um, the both guides and sort of like h- how to highlight areas of your website that may be affected by this how can you make like on-page decisions um, mm. to sort of like eliminate this and also how can you like record it and portray this and deliver this information to either your clients or your your boss or other stakeholders to kind of like highlight the effect it may have. So the two mm. kind of articles that I've kind of got today is like what is cumulative layout shift by nitropack.io and also uh, the, the really smart people at deface.dev um, have kind of created this layout shift uh, gif generator as well. So which kind of like automatically records the page and the cumulative layout shift to sort of show um, show this and you can actually pull these gifts into your kind of like audits wherever you show oh, you, like, oh. you to kind of like really show this so i want to open this up to you two really um turns off because we know we know from reports from google that this isn't really gonna uh, affect any rankings just yet yes um, that, they're looking to kind of like introduced gradually um towards the start of next year however with it being something new and looked at i wondered what your opinions of are this new, these new metrics really.
3: yeah. yeah
1: for me it's a really welcome change again um i think you know the past few years uh, the seos within the industry have been focusing on uh, first content full paint which has been useful but again it's not really reflective of over user experience i think I think some of the, these new web core vitals focus on um, focus on frustrations that we actually see with users. Um, I think the two biggest areas for me is like on publications and also recipe websites where, um, you know, it can be quite intensive, um, the final uh, page of displaying, which would obviously relate to um, the largest contour for page, but then the cumulative layout shift on these websites are awful. So for example, when you're trying to scroll towards a recipe or you try to scroll down the article and everything's kind of flying all over the place, I feel like that's quite, um, a a lot of people using the internet will find, have found that frustrating over the past few years. I know our local Mm. paper is notoriously bad for that kind of user experience. So
3: um,
1: I think these, again, I think if we're looking, I think it's, uh, it's good that these have been introduced because we can actually focus on what users find frustrating. Uh, in terms of industries that I think are probably going to be impacted by it, if it was to you know have a, I guess ranking impact, would be the the big publications uh, reporting on mm. news, but then also recipe websites as well because I know they're quite notoriously bad for some of these some of these things. But yeah, for me, it's really welcomed. I think it's it's interesting as well. Um, just from speaking to developers uh, the past few months, they've been, they watched actually the the announcement from Google around these and they've been following a lot of the docs. So it's actually good that from a de- development uh, perspective as well, they've been focusing on that. So I imagine from websites being built, they'll be kind of ingrained in there, in the build of the website as well. So hopefully it's going to lead to a, a better web for any website that wants to perform well uh, in Google. Um, and as mentioned, I think it's, um, it's more representative of a user experience than the initial kind of metrics that we did uh, well have been focusing on.
2: Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with the publications. Websites that are heavy heavy on ads are definitely yeah. hit with this. I think.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I think the only thing for me, while I agree, I think this is a really positive thing, um, is just how how easy it's going to be to make changes. Um, just so from my experience uh, particularly as as not not a technical specialist but someone who tries to understand these kind of things like page speed more broadly and user experience more broadly as something that I recognize is useful for SEO and helpful to know about even if I don't have the technical knowledge to actually make the fixes yeah um, is kind of how how practical these are going to be so uh, probably just throwing this question back to you guys but if you were going to be communicating issues with these three core web vitals to developers, do you think it's something that most most businesses would be able to get their development teams to solve? Or do you think it would just kind of bottleneck and never get done? I mean, I know it depends on the developer,
1: but
3: is yeah. it
0: is it achievable, do you think, to really make changes on these metrics?
3: I think,
2: oh, Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, it's really going to depend on the platform, uh, yeah. how how accessible the actual code is to develop and change. Like if if it's fundamentals with some of these platforms that maybe the developers may not be able to fix, um, it's gonna be quite hard there. Yeah. Also with it, the impact at the moment, not being, you know, uh, it's not really actually a ranking factor just yet. Um, In terms of prioritization for them as well, it's something that they're not really gonna looking at doing quite soon or like pushing through there's going Mm -hmm. to be bigger things that you can make an effect on right now and prioritize to sort of like increase your client's performance but i think in the future it's going to be quite resource intensive to fix some of these unless some of the platforms take proactive measures to try and fix some of these before uh, the framework gets delivered or touched upon by i feel like
3: Hmm. Yeah,
1: I was just going to mention with this as well is that whenever I've focused on page speed in the past uh, with uh, with clients, I've always tried to kind of turn it into kind of a shared objective with usability as well. So I think the Chrome UX dashboard, which is available for anyone to create on a website is, is great to report to kind of um, people that may be uh, less knowledgeable about SEO because it kind of reflects user experience. So um, I mm. think if you can actually showcase the percentage of users that are having actual with the you know, the Chrome UX dashboard basically represent uh, what well, displays actual uh, Chrome um, Chrome user data. So it actually says like six percent of your users has had have, a, have had this issue. So I think turn it from not just an SEO in terms of we need to focus on these to potentially perform well in Google in the next 12 to 24 months, but actually hacking on um, improving this should actually improve UX of the website wow. potentially improve conversion rate, which is um, we know page speed has a major saying if a, if, if a user stays on a website or if the user looks to, you know, go through the user journey. So I think turning it into a shared goal should hopefully, if you feel like it's something that a website needs, I think, would be able to kind of bolt onto that so saying look it's mm. going to be good for seo but ultimately it's going to really help your users as well so from my perspective um, like i said um, it makes sense to for google to be focused on introducing these metrics but it's going to have to be um i think a wider goal for the a website or a business to focus on by saying by implementing it it should hopefully uh, improve the
3: conversion rate of the website too
0: mm. and i think as well from what I can see in in Search Console as well, because they've included these features in Search Console, which I think is a really positive step Mm -hmm. for showing how important they are. I think that's going to help with client or stakeholder buy-in as well, because from past experience, I know that if if clients are getting notifications from Search Console, giving them a warning, they're much more likely to act on it. And I've had it where in, in other things in that enhancement section, things like mobile usability, I know I've worked with clients where an error will come in there, and the client will just flag it straight away to the developer without me needing to do anything. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that will help in sort of general uptake as well, and in people recognizing that it's important.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I think um, other agencies as well are probably going to be pushing for this, like other sort of like marketing agencies, such like maybe like paid, for example. I mm. think we've had um, one of our clients recently what well, they were delivering a, p- a slow page speed experience and the ads were having issues so they were actually being reported within ad center that the basically mm. ads, the page was too slow for the ads so they wouldn't <laughs> play the ads. So there's going to be multiple different uh stakeholders and parties that are going to be pushing for better page speed moving forward
0: yeah yeah well, that all sounds really positive then for the future um so you know the more people that are on board with this the easier it's going to be to my original question like how achievable is it the easier it's going to be to get it done because more people are going to want it and be pushing for it rather than it just being us seos shouting in the corner (laughs) (laughs) um cool i think that that's pretty much going to do it for this first episode uh we've gone through our three topics so uh thank you guys for for finding yours and for for chatting about these. Um, and we will be back in two weeks with our knowledge panel episode for the month uh, as uh, me and Ed are going to quiz Ian on site migrations uh, which I'm sure is going to be really helpful for a wide variety of people Um, and we're really excited to be able to do that and bring that to you shortly Um, but in the meantime we would really appreciate it if you could uh, leave a review on the podcast app of your choice wherever you're listening to us. Uh, Reviews really help us to uh, be be seen on these platforms and be found by more people. So if you enjoy what you hear, uh, that's a really easy way to support what we're doing. Um, Ian, are you uh, active on Twitter at all? Can people find you if they want to interact with you about SEO? Uh,
2: yes, they can. They can find me at Ian Humph.
3: Awesome.
0: What, what was that, sorry? As the handle, it's Ian Humph. Yeah, Ian Humph. And that's H-U-M-P-H, right, in Humph. Yeah, correct, that's correct. Awesome. Yeah so i'm a little bit active on there um <laughs> we'll we'll try and do our bit <laughs> cool and uh, ed and i are also on twitter uh, i am at ben j Gary with two r's and ed is at ed jtw with two d's uh, and if you can't wait for your next helping of digital marketing content uh, impression always has new blogs going live uh, various webinars going on at the moment. I know uh, Chloe Chloe Fair previously on this podcast um, has just done a webinar with Search Metrics. Um, I know, Ed, you've got a webinar coming up, haven't you? Do you want to just mention that quickly?
1: Yeah, well, I think this podcast is, uh, is out. Oh, that's, uh, that's uh, true. It will yeah. be in the past. <laughs> yeah, but I'll, um, I, I think the slides from me, and myself and Charlie will be online somewhere. So that's focusing on Enterprise websites. So I guess look out for them on the Impression Block team
0: cool that's in association with deep Crawl, right so yeah. people might find it uh through them as well yeah I, I always get caught out by the time travel of podcasts so um <laughs> yes by this time by the time this is released is it end of september you're delivering that one
1: uh no it's actually uh it's next week actually but um yeah like i said if i think there'll be recordings of it as well so if you uh, yeah. were if you are working on enterprise websites hopefully it'll be you'll find it useful cool
0: um and we also uh highly recommend checking out women slash speakers uh if you're looking for other people to interact with um around the kind of topics that we talk about here uh that is a great way to find people active in the industry as well um so ian thank you very much for being on this week for this first episode thank you for having me It was a pleasure. And uh, we're looking forward to chatting to you more about site migrations very soon. Uh, So we will be back in two weeks for your next installment of On-Page Conversation. Thank you for listening. Cheers,
3: Ian and Ed. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, cheers.